Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Hey, it's Kelly Kirsch. It's Logan Gordon, and it is, yes, Hockey Central for your lunch hour. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. So much to do today. We've got Chris Versteeg coming up on a game day. Flames and Vancouver from Calgary. Uh, Logan and I will have a chat about that coming up before 1 o'clock and the arrival of Will Nault, but we do it every time at this time. Let's get an update from Flames Practice with Lou. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Peter, you've got some headlines for us, including a starting goalie and a return to action. I, I do. I know I've scripted it out, but I'm going to give you the lineup, and maybe, Kelly, you can help direct in terms of what you find the most interesting because I know in the Twitterverse, people are buzzing today. So here we go. Jacob Markstrom starts again in goal and will play for the 14th time in 16 games with an 8-4-2 and record and a very impressive 924 save percentage. On defense, Rasmus Anderson looks like he will be paired tonight, not with Connor Mackey, who comes out, and Nikita Nesterov, after a two-game absence, comes out, Giordano Valimaki, and, of course, the team's outstanding pairing of Tanev and Hannafin. Up front, Monaghan, Gaudreau, and for a second straight game, Dominic Simone. It looked today, Kelly, if I had to guess... The team won't say yes, and, and it will be game time. But if Michael Backlund does play, and he did run through the line rushes, he would play with Dylan Dubé flanked to his right and Milan Lucic to the left, leaving Lindholm, Mangiapane, and Kachuk, and that was a successful grouping. And Byron Fraze, Joachim Nordstrom, and Sam Bennett to round out the group tonight against the Vancouver Canucks in the fourth meeting of this four-game set. Huh. Okay. Dominic Simone uh, instead of Sam Bennett. Your thoughts on that? I think people were kind of impressed. Yeah. Not, not you know, totally, but there was some real uh, energy that Sam brought to that line with, with Monaghan and Goudreau, and now they... They see something in Dominic Simone, which maybe I haven't seen yet, and maybe you have. Um, where, where are you at with uh, with that change or not change, I guess? Well, I asked Jeff Ward, and you can hear his answer on the coaches show on Flames Warm-Up coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. And what I asked him, Kelly, is what type of play and player are you looking for to best complement those two individuals and he talked about work ethic ability to make plays with the puck and your ability to forecheck and I thought while it was a little underrated that Dominic Simone may have complimented those two guys as well as he has to any point I understand um, the Sam Bennett scenario and, and I get it in part. Um, Sam, according to his head coach, who went there today with me, played an excellent game, an excellent game in helping, and we chatted about it yesterday, helping to drive the integral line with 
Dubé and Lucic in the win a couple of days ago. But when Michael Backlund, Kelly, comes back, then Sam doesn't occupy that spot potentially anymore. Now, who knows? If Michael Backlund can't play, I know what's going to happen. You're going to see Sam right back in the same spot. But, you know, Dominic Simone is someone who in the past has played, you know, with good players. Has he done a lot to this point in time? No. But, you know, how this team continues to grow and build, that, that is what he is looking for. And in the case of Sam, Sam will always give you, Kelly, great energy and can give you physicality. And the other part of it is, with those guys, what you really need to do a good job of is distributing and holding pucks. That's a big thing to look for. So when you play with those guys, I think to make it simple for our audience, it's not as much about what you are doing with the puck. It's about how much your play, both defensively, defensively, and in the offensive zone, allows you to make sure that the two other guys, one in particular, being Gaudreau, that they have the puck. And that's why, um, you know, when people look at the game and we have a tendency sometimes to look at it individually, yes, I can completely understand at this point why somebody would say Sam is a better fit. But I think Sam is at his best when he's physical. Um, he's in more of a straight line, uses body, create, drive pucks to the net himself. Yeah. Yeah, I just it's interesting to to see and obviously the coaches, you know, see way more than we do, but uh yeah, you're right Dominic Simone. Um, you know, I think we're still waiting to to see what maybe he can do. Um and maybe there's some nuances of his game that you have to kind of really really watch and not be like, you know, the armchair uh, you know, coach like we all are and and uh I, the one thing I wanted to ask and go off script here a little bit, but okay, this is the fourth game in a row against the Vancouver Canucks. What exactly can you throw at them that they haven't seen and vice versa? I'm trying to think like it's like there there can't be any more surprises. You've seen these guys. You've matched up against them. What unless you get last change, is there some sort of yes, change to that? Or how do you how do you see that, you know, in the Flames favor? Kelly, it's a great question. So in the first three games of the series, all in Vancouver, Here's, here's the matchups that we saw a lot of when Travis Green had the ability to get what he wanted. We saw a lot of the Pedersen line against the Monaghan line and a lot of the Horvat line against the Lindholm line. My guess is tonight, Jeff having the last opportunity... I don't know if he wants that matchup that way. I think he'd want to free the Monaghan line up for a more offensive situation, you know, against the Sutter line potentially with with Gaudette or the Beagle group if they stay with the same lineup again and Vertanen. Because this now allows you to play two very responsible groups, whether it's the Lindholm line when they come up and especially the Backlund line, to go up against the Pedersen line. 
which you feel really, really comfortable with, and I think gives you an advantage in the matchup tonight for Sean and Johnny and Dominic Simone, depending on how that goes in the game. So while you're facing, Kelly, a lot of the same personnel, the matchup game can become different because of your ability to have the last change. Flames and Canucks, fourth time in a row. Flames try to get uh, six out of eight points. Uh, pre-game at 7, play-by-play at 8 right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, we're chatting with Peter Labardius here on Hockey Central at noon. I'm Kelly Kirsch. Um, okay, let's talk about Johnny Gaudreau. After the uh, playoffs, uh, some members of the media and some fans, lots of them, thought that would be it for Johnny Gaudreau, and we're expecting some some major changes. He is still a Calgary Flame. He is... Uh, upped his game when it comes to goals and energy, and you really notice him. Uh, give me your sense. You've seen him, you know, basically since from the word get-go when he when he came to Calgary. Uh, Johnny seems to be really feeling it right now, and he's sort of dragging some players with him. Kelly, I think he's enjoying playing the game again. And if you're an offensive player, don't kid yourself. Um, confidence in many ways comes from your ability, doesn't it, to do what you do well. So, you know, Johnny already has nine goals so far. He had 18 all of last season, um, coming off a big overtime winner. He's been a huge piece of the power play. Um, You know, there's still areas of his game without the puck that are continuing to grow. And and I've said this for many years about Johnny. And, um, you know, when Johnny is around the puck in all three zones, it just allows him to be much better. And, you know, when the Monaghan line can get itself in trouble is when they spend far too much time on their shifts defending people. You just don't have a lot left with the puck even when you get it. So Johnny's at a different step in his game, especially with the puck. When he's around the puck more and supporting it at a higher level, which he has this year on many a night, it leads to better opportunities for him. But here's an interesting answer from Johnny Gaudreau, and, and I think this, this speaks to some maturity and understanding of his overall game and how important it is. When he was asked about his own personal start and the way it's gone, and yes, the numbers say it's really good, but listen to what Johnny focuses on when he uh, is asked that question today. Personally, I mean, I just feel like, uh, you know, I'm getting my chances. I feel like, you know, we uh, we played a little bit more, a little too much in the defensive zone to say this is personally my best start. I think um, there's a lot of things that we need to clean up. Uh, obviously fortunate, you know, to find the net and make some plays at the right time to obviously help this team win some games. But, I mean, you ask anyone in our lineup if this is the best they've they start personally, I don't think anyone would say it would be. Um, there's one player on our team that's probably had been playing his best, and that's Marky. And uh, to say anyone else has been playing great otherwise is, is probably no one would no one would agree with that. Did, did he say he needs to work on his defensive game? Did I hear him say that? I think I did, Lou. There's I did some... hear him say that. That's awesome. That's, that's why I played the clip. And to hear that perspective from Johnny Gaudreau about, A, they need to clean things up defensively, 
I'll be frank. Have we heard a lot of that in his time here? No. Nope. I haven't. So in order to do it in a better and more effective way, I find that you generally have to have that on your mind. Not that it hasn't been before. The one thing about Johnny is Johnny cares a lot. And, and it's the game has weighed very heavy on him. But that's a real, real step, I think, mm. even to hear that out of his mouth. And the other thing that was very telling was basically, hey, I might have 16 points and some other guys might be doing some things individually. But as a team, we have not been good enough outside of one guy. That's our goal. Yeah. And if I'm a coach and I hear that clip coming out of a, a media scrum situation, a Zoom call, mm. I'm delighted. I am absolutely 100% delighted. Chatting with Peter Labardius. Let's let's unpack that a little bit when it comes to playing defensively. Because it's weird. I was thinking about this on Monday night and wondering, okay, he, he's a smaller guy, obviously, one of the smallest players out there. And I was thinking about this as he was trying to uh, uh, forecheck against Tyler Myers. And I'm going, okay, he's, he's not going to be use a bunch of energy to try and get a guy that's stronger than him. When it comes to playing defensively, defense for for a guy who's slight but very quick and very dangerous what does that look like for Johnny Gaudreau what does success look like what does success look like is using his speed to take time and space away from other people you do not have to be effective for checking by running bigger people through the end of the building that's the biggest misconception in the sport Um, But your level of engagement, Kelly, has to be there. You have to put yourself sometimes in some difficult situations. That's more so in your own zone when big defensemen are pinching down. How you position your body to protect the puck. Um, You know, your ability to get in shooting lanes. Your ability to make sure you're available for outlets. And on the forecheck, especially... Johnny's ability to use his speed, and we see it all the time. You don't look at the goal. Here's a perfect example for you, Kelly. Now, again, was it an errant pass by Nate Schmidt? Yes. Did Dylan Dubé have to be effectively running Nate Schmidt through the end of the boards to cause a problem the other night? No, he didn't. What he did was he took away his time and space. He was positionally in a good spot on the forecheck, and he put Nate Schmidt in a bad spot. And the other thing about how you defend, and Jeff Ward talked about it today, and, and it's an area, you know, even with the individual that we're talking about, as much as you have the ability in this sport to use your smarts when you have it, it matters a lot when you make good reads when you don't have the puck. So when you're tracking back, after you lose possession of the puck in the offensive zone. That's a big part of the game. Your ability to occupy when a defenseman coming out of their zone jumps by you on the rush. So many little things. And it's, again, that's why I'm not willing to play that game when people say, well, he's just this or he's too small. Andrew Mangiapane's not the biggest guy on planet Earth, is he? Nope. So, so again, Johnny doesn't have to run people. You don't have to, in this sport, run people through the end of the building. But when you use your speed and smarts to put yourself in good position and 
use it to put other players in compromising places because you take away passing lanes or you make yourself available, that's how the game gets played better when you don't have the puck. Peter Barnes is our guest right here on Hockey Central at noon. Flames game day. Flames are hosting the Vancouver Canucks. We'll have our pregame show at 7, and then uh, play-by-play goes at 8. We'll do the uh, Hot Stove Lounge from the Invision Custom Renovations Hot Stove Lounge. Looking forward to it. Okay, we should do a bit of a, a redo, a recap. Okay. Uh, uh, Markstrom will start at, again in goal. Uh, we didn't even well, touch that. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. I do uh, have one comment, though, Kelly, that okay. we didn't get to. Sure. And Jeff did say today, and you'll hear it on our station coming up very soon, that the plan is to use David more going forward in a compact schedule. In fact, Jeff Ward had about a five-minute conversation to start the morning skate where he spent one-on-one time with David Riddick. So I think you're going to see more of David Riddick with a more compacted schedule coming up very soon. Yeah, that is... um that's a storyline for, for later in the week, for sure. That'll be interesting because that, that's got a whole bunch of what a difference a year makes, for sure. Um, so that's what we know for, for the goalie situation. Uh, Michael Backlund did uh, take line rushes, so it looks like he's going to return. Uh, looks like he might return with Lucic and Dubé. Okay, we got that. And um, I guess the other you know, highlight, we'll get to the defense in a sec, uh, Sam Bennett will be on the fourth line which means Dominic Simone should be with uh, Monaghan and Gaudreau again. That's the way it looked today with Mangiapane remaining with Lindholm and Kachuk. And defensive pairs looks like Nikita Nestrov comes back in after missing two games. Connor Mackey looks like he will not play. Nestrov, Anderson, Hannafin, Tanev, and Yuso Valamaki, and the captain, Mark Giordano. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that. I know we'll uh, hear from you later on tonight as we get ready uh, for a game back in Calgary, and then uh, it gets real busy for the Flames after that, so we'll have them all for you. Thanks, Lou. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay, have a great afternoon. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. And don't forget, coming up on uh, Friday, it's Lou's Mailbag, your chance to win a $100 gift card to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. And uh, that'll be okay. That's, that'll, that'll help defray the cost. It'll be awesome. You'll have a nice long dinner and do your thing there at the end of February. So that is coming up. Just go to our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960, and just uh, check out contests. And simple. Just fill it out. And who knows? You could be a winner. Simple as that. We'll hear from uh, Chris Versteeg coming up. Um, he's got some interesting insight on, on what maybe the NHL can do to improve the game. He's just so, uh, so insightful and, and they dig a little bit into what is going on in the desert with the Arizona Coyotes. They just can't seem to, uh, write things. They always have weird stuff going on off the ice, which is not good for on the ice. We'll do that next on Hockey Central at Noon. Hockey Central at Noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon on a Flames game day. Flames and the Vancouver Canucks from Calgary. Pre-game at 7, play-by-play goes at 8. We'll do the uh, pre and post and everything in between uh, from the Envision's Custom Renovations Hot Stove Lounge. Looking forward to that. 
want to tell you about shopping local. And we've heard that a lot you know, during the pandemic. I can't believe we're getting close to a year of this stuff. But the one thing that has been kind of a nice heartwarming story is, is shopping local and, and not necessarily going to the big, big stores that you always do, the big chains, but helping out the, the mom and pop places and, and the places that have been in Calgary for a long, long time. And that's kind of the, the crux of why the guys in the morning show are coming up with a, a kind of a, a special food kit, a, a meal kit, as it were. You've seen, you know, similar advertised on television. Well, here's your chance to uh, do a Calgary version of it. It's uh, from a fair deal. It's the Sportsnet 960 morning show meal kit. And yeah, each guy has, uh, you know, come up with kind of a recipe. And uh, the deal is, it's like, just like all the other ones, in some ways, you just get all the ingredients, you know, they, they locally source as much as they can. They put it all together for you and then they deliver it to your house and then you make it up. And it's really good food and supporting, again, uh, an amazing company that's been around for a while and great partners of ours for a long time, by the way. An affair to remember catering. Uh, a fair deal is what it's called. Uh, a wholesale marketplace and grocery delivery. I've been in Calgary for 26 years, and they are, uh, you know, reinventing themselves a little bit. So here's the deal: you can uh, you can take three of them, two of them, one of them. They're going to change every couple of weeks. And really, what you got to get to is our our events page on our website, Sportsnet.ca/slash960. Just go there. And uh, and click it. I, like I ordered mine. It's coming on Friday, so and it was pretty easy, and it really didn't take that long. And once you you know establish your profile, like you always do with Amazon and everything else, then it's a, a lot easier. And then just uh, away you go. You put it in your credit card. It shows up, and uh, you get some really good food uh, that you make yourself. And it's kind of fun for the whole crew to kind of get involved with it. So that is coming up. Uh, for the next little while, so uh, give it a try and just get to our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Go to events and look for the uh, the big morning show. Uh, we're going to get the afternoon guys, too. We're not sure. I can only imagine what Steinberg's recipe is going to be, but uh, that is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. So we'll be changing it quite a bit. So thanks in advance for that. Christopher Stieg, he has played a lot in the NHL, had some time in, with the Flames, and, of course, a good uh, Alberta boy from Lethbridge joins us every week. And... Uh, He's out in Ontario now, so we kind of asked him to, to start things up. Is like, you know, I got some late games for the Flames. Did you uh, did you happen to to catch it? And then he uh, he sort of went off. So here's Rustig earlier today. Well, I watched the highlights, or generally, I fall asleep after the first period. I have been advocating for earlier games since last playoff, especially when Connor McDavid's playing and these players that are superstar players. Why are they playing at eight o'clock? Why? First off, there's no one in the buildings. There's not one person in the building. Why can't you start it at 5, 6, at a time when everyone's getting home from work? You're not worried about people getting home from work and then getting on their way to the rink and so they have time to get in the rink. Start the games at a good time. You, you know, I, I still don't understand it. I don't get it. But especially with the superstars, put them on prime time even if they're out west. I could keep going on about this forever. We've seen it a bit too. They they've had some two o'clock games uh, that are now in prime time over in Europe. And to your point, like why not start it uh, at, at you know I guess what six six thirty, and then the second half of a doubleheader can be at seven seven thirty uh, in terms of your time zone out there. Well, why why is a Saturday night game starting at eight o'clock on the West Coast? Why that should never happen on a Saturday 
It should be planned throughout the day to keep everyone intrigued in the games, to get as many people as you can watching the game. Like you said, in Europe, those 2 o'clock starts are huge. There's a huge following in Europe. There's even actually some followings in I've heard in China for the Toronto Maple Leafs and other areas of the world. But when you're putting these games at these times, especially where when you're living in Canada, you can't even watch it on the East Coast. And you're in Newfoundland, you're not watching an 8 o'clock game in Vancouver on a Saturday. You know, like just put the games at a good time. Get them earlier, especially during the weekdays. Start them at 5 o'clock. Start them at 6 o'clock. Let everyone who gets home from work start watching the game. You're not focused on putting people in the building. Focus on building the game that way through good times. And it's weird because and I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, a, of an example, and I don't really have one. It feels like it's either this, where they're too stretched out and games are starting too late, or if they have a bunch of games on a busy night when there's like 13 games, they don't stagger them well enough. That all, you, you'll have six games or seven games starting, and they're all in the intermission at the same time. And then, the, but the next ones haven't started yet. I feel like there's got to be some happy medium somewhere. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why they always go to the intermission too. You could have a game start at seven o five, one start totally. at seven twenty, one start at seven thirty five. You know, so it is staggered. I know sometimes it won't work out that way, but just just so many things about the way we try to grow the game, we can do so much better. First off, this, playing superstars at the right time. Second, call the games properly so superstars can thrive within the game. There's so many uh, times last few games I've been watching, again, Connor McDavid going to the net, Johnny Gaudreau going to the net, get slashed. If you're physically better than someone, if you're better than that next person, and just like, say, take basketball, LeBron James, once he goes by a guy, they can't just grab him or hold him down or he gets a free shot or a bucket. So why in hockey, if Johnny Gaudreau is that much more talented than you, he beats you one-on-one, he goes to the net, are you allowed to then, because you're not as good as him, to slash his stick to take the scoring chance away? So that's the second option. Make the game more for the stars. And the third option, Vancouver did it the other day, start letting the players wear whatever they want to the game. It starts to build their own brand. It brings mm-hmm. another stream of revenue to the game. That's what the NHL needs. That's what the players need. I don't know why the players aren't advocating for it. They should be. Yeah, They've this, already lost 40% the of their go. money this year. So That's such go. an old school thing too, go. isn't it, Rhett? Oh, like it was just, you grew up with so it. It is the way it is because it was that way. It's like, come on, we can change. And you don't – you can absolutely change. You don't see the guys. Nobody. The public's not seeing these players. There's the odd video clip of the guys walking in and out of the rink, and it's like, I need a $2,000 suit for this. Like yeah. to get into my car and walk from the parking lot to the dressing room. It's, it's well, insanity. Brett, think of this. So this bubble, right, they were trying to find new ways to make money. And I'm not saying this is, would have been the home run hit. It's little single base hits at every time. So in the bubble, that should have been a time that they really let the players wear whatever they want to the game. But then you have GMs like Lou Lamorello making them wear button-up ties and everything into the bubble game where no one's watching. You're completely killing their brand. You're, com- yeah. you're killing their character. Like, why were guys wearing free polos to the game in the bubble? Why right now when you're trying to look through extra revenue streams, are you forcing guys to wear suits or free polos to games? I, Vancouver Canucks were the first team to do it, and I applaud it. Like, you're right. No one sees you besides the bus driver generally walk in in your suit. And, and also on the plane. Why are you wearing a suit to the plane? No one sees you. <laughs> it's makes yeah. no well, it's and it's completely uncomfortable. So they, and all that happens is you have your you you'd wear your suit onto the plane and you get changed if it's a long flight when you get on there. You're if it's a short flight, flight you might forty five Yeah. 
So I don't think you pull a pinder and never get out of your sweatpants for the rest of your life. Oh, come on. This but is good living here. It's a pandemic. Having, no, if you want to wear something and have some pizzazz and some, some flash and you can get uh, raise some brand awareness for the league and for yourself, let, come on. Let's go. Be a little proactive here. Instead okay. Of just, oh, they're wearing suits. It's very classy. But eh, stay with me now. Sure, like, it's classy. So are you, are we okay still? Like it's not the same, but we're talking about player empowerment and building brands. Like are we? St- but we, at the same time, we're going to shake our fist when young players say, "I'd prefer not to play for this market." I mean, that's it's a big leap. But it, we are talking about that's. I think that's a big leap. Sport, I think right. I think that's a slight to the league, not a, a not a brand. Uh, I don't think I, you're. I, just I don't think Chris you're doing the NHL the brand. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying. In your example, and you guys don't want to play. Yeah. It's already happening, so I don't yeah. think you're going to stop guys. But I don't think you support it. It. I don't think. I don't think it. You're not helping the NHL. You're not helping teams by having guys go. Oh, I'm not playing there. That place is a dump, right? You, it's a it's a slight to the league and to the it's not a growth thing, so it's it's if if it's all helping the league to grow and the teams to grow and to create more revenue, then I think that's different than say, because saying you don't like a place is is not helping. It's yes for maybe your personal brand because you might get to a to a bigger city to a bigger center, but it's not helping the league and and the league still has to come first. Quite what are your a, thoughts, Chris? Quite a rant. Yeah, I, I agree. You're right. That's exactly what it is. If you're you're saying basically, though, if you give more power to the player, they're going to ask out more and more. But what happened was, is the league put this into play when they had the cap come in. You have to play. You have to pay players at a younger age, so younger players get more power. This is what you have to deal with. Now you focus on a way to grow the game outside of the game. So you're telling me. Um, if you show show up in like you know a t-shirt and jeans or whatever that'll deter a hockey fan from watching the game will that deter a hockey fan from watching the game okay that will not what will actually end up maybe dragging more people to watch the game is someone seeing what he's wearing and liking what he's wearing and now seeing wow he looks like pretty cool looks like something i would wear i want to see what he's doing with his athlete with his athletics right so now you're it's completely different than than being you know disgruntled against an organization that's just that's just what's built now within the new cap era that's something you're gonna have to deal with is young rich players asking out that's just again it's a slight at the league it's something that the league created with the cap and that's just something they have to deal with in that sense but as for building a brand and making the game build or better and, and bigger these are things we have to do. It just has to happen. And, and about, if it doesn't uh, happen, and if it doesn't happen, GMs like Lou Lamorello telling his team not to do it, he needs to be fined by the league, right? If you're telling your players you have to dress this way if you play for my team, then and he's the only GM or GMs like that are holding their players uh, from letting them build their own brands when they're first off they're taking pay cuts. Right, they're the ones hitting, getting escrow hit, not Lou Lamorello and the GMs. Right, so they're the ones taking the hit. So why aren't they allowed to build more 
brand awareness for themselves and make other revenue. So if he's a doing that, there's got to be a stipulation in there that if you're controlling what your players are doing, then you're going to get fined. That's probably a few things Lou shouldn't do. I was going to say, well, doesn't Lou, he's still, you have to cut your hair and shave, <laughs> sure. right? Like yeah. you can't. It's like Yankee stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What, what music are you listening to? No, we, could, we don't approve of that. Sorry, kid. Uh, Steger, tell us about Arizona and, uh, oh, man. and, and why it is the way it is, please, because it should be a wonderful place. Everyone should be happy. The sun's out there. I was there in December. Loved it. Wonderful. I love Arizona. But then again, I wasn't associated with that stupid team. Well, it's free land is what ruined that team, right? That that arena is a beautiful arena. It's in just an area where it's too far for everyone to drive, and it's just not a good area that they're playing hockey in. That's pretty much it. If they would have put the arena either back in downtown Phoenix or Scottsdale, it would have been better for the fan base as a whole it's just too it's a bad drive it's a hard drive especially you know what scottsdale's like at three four o'clock five o'clock it's you're rammed it's a two-hour drive from scottsdale to glendale so that is number one you're you're right as is uh, arizona for living i love arizona i love the dry heat it's a great place to play players love playing there it's just there i think the instability up top has created instability beneath and when you're not getting that same, you know, um, not so much even a voice, but the same message and a culture that's been built at some point within the organization, which Shane Doan tries to do, you can tell he tries to do it. He might need more help there around him to do it. But it's just not, no culture has consistently been set in that organization. And I think it starts generally when it, you know, you have reoccurring owners every other year, people that don't want to be a part of it. I, I believe the new owner there has the pockets and everything to keep that team going. But now it's about putting people a little bit beneath him, the president of hockey ops and all them who are going to set the culture. And that culture has got to bleed down into the players. And then as that happens, hopefully growth happens. What What do you, have you heard a good explanation of why Batman has been so, I guess, married to that market. There's been a lot of opportunities to get that thing to Houston, to Southern Ontario. Uh, he does not want to leave Phoenix. I I mean, I don't know. Um, I know those teams generally help in the CBA negotiations, right? That's generally those teams can help uh, the owners uh, in the negotiation. I don't think that's why they keep it there. I, I think it's something that they started it and they want to finish it there. I just wish, just like the Florida Panthers, that the rink was in a better place. I know it costs a lot more money to have prime real estate, but that's just, I think that's two outcomes that the arenas have definitely hurt the product on the ice of getting people to consistently come to the games. I was texting before we let you go here. I was texting somebody the other day about Alex Galchenyuk, who is on the move yet again. Started with Montreal, had some very good seasons there, scored 30 goals in 15-16. And since then, it's been he's bounced around. Goes to Arizona, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Signs at the start of this year with Ottawa. Eight games later, he's traded to Carolina. Carolina puts him on waivers. Then they trade him to Toronto. That's like seven teams. And somebody, had, I'm like, this, what's wrong with this guy? And somebody had texted me, didn't, wasn't Versteeg like the same? And I said, well, Chicago, Toronto, Philly, Florida, Carolina, L.A., oh, Calgary. Geez. I guess, yeah, it's the same number of teams. But again, Galchenyuk's done it by the time he was 27. Um, I'm guessing in Toronto they must be excited because anybody that's new is exciting and, and going to be very good for the Leafs. But why has Alex Galchenyuk bounced around 
as as badly as he has? Well, if you're not a superstar in today's game, you're going to bounce around, and uh, that's just how it is. For for me, looking at Alex, it's a consistency issue, and that was part of it for me too. Is consistency issue, and at the money I made, you're, if you're not continually continuously performing, then you're going to get moved, and that's just how it is. And for him. Um, which I believe he doesn't have, which I had, was his willingness to go to the net and do other things to make him uncomfortable. And that's when I look at Willie Nylander and, and Lars, or an El, not Lars Eller, uh, like Ehlers, Ehlers Nicole. in Winnipeg. Yeah. I keep calling him Eller. Ehlers in Winnipeg. I, I kind of, I put Galchenyuk into that pot in a sense as his skill and ability. He does not have the skating ability nor the, uh, the cerebralness for the game. He can't think at those guys' level, but the way they all play is very similar. It's very perimeter and not willingness to go to the hard areas enough and to get their goals. That's why when the games get harder, those guys generally haven't been able to produce the way you would like to see them produce. So Galchenyuk, for me, is like that. He's just not as elite as those guys, so he can't get those extra points throughout the season. And he's just, yeah, he's just not like that. So when you're not consistent and you're not consistently willing to do things within the game uh, each and every night to the detail-oriented game uh, and you're not a superstar, you can't get away with it and you're going to have to move on. And I had to do that too. Yeah, yours, I mean, I guess it is seven teams. And plus you were drafted by Boston, although you never played. So it was kind of like eight teams, right? And then you had the tryout in Edmonton. In a way, it's kind of like nine teams. It's a lot of teams, Steger. Oh, yeah, it was a lot. I also got traded twice after winning the Stanley Cup, so I've never been able to see a banner raising. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I didn't either, so quit whining. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little different. Yeah, I guess. Steger, good to talk to you, man. We'll do it again in a week. You guys take care. You bet. Christopher Steak. Oh, yeah, good stuff from Christopher Steak. Wednesday's right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kind of talked about uh, start times there a little bit and talked about, you know, rule changes and um, the coyotes and getting traded. That's pretty good stuff. I, I like that guy. He's uh, he's a good find for us right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, getting ready for the arrival of the big show. Will not will host our number one on a flames game day flames in Vancouver tonight. Markstrom will start and goal. looks like Backlund is back and we'll get some more info about the Canucks probably later on when Steinberg joins at two o'clock. We are live today. From the Iconic Studio, powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Um, maintenance, it's Iconic. Visit IconicEC.ca to find out more. All right, we will uh, give you a little more uh, of a snapshot of Flames and Canucks. Fourth game in a row. And maybe uh, look a little bit ahead to what's happening on the weekend with the Battle of Alberta right here on Hockey Central at Noon. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon making way for Will Nault in hour one of the big show on a Flames game day. Flames in the Saddledome to take on, yes, the Vancouver Canucks again. Yes, four times in a row. Flames look to, uh, I guess, take six of eight points from the Canucks in this this four-gamer. And uh, a few things, I guess, Logan, we can update people on. I guess the big one everyone wants to talk about the goaltending, and yes, Jacob Marstrom will play again, uh, but Coach Ward did talk about David Riddick, and he will be getting some action very soon. As uh, If you look at the schedule, the games start to come hot and heavy here pretty quick, and some back-to-backs and that sort of thing uh, beginning this weekend, obviously Friday, Saturday against the Edmonton Oilers. 
Uh, if you read between the lines, obviously he'll play one of those games and they're back-to-back a few times next week. Yeah, it, it makes sense with Markstrom going as well as he is right now. And you did mention the back-to-backs this uh, coming weekend. Back-to-backs in Ontario next week uh, with a little bit of travel in between, which they're not too many of those uh, coming up this season, just the way it's based out. But they've got Toronto uh, on Wednesday, and then they're in Ottawa on Thursday. So it would make sense for him to to get into there. And then even as you get into March, you're more into those back-to-back scenarios and not quite the uh, you know last two weeks where it's been night on, night off for Markstrom. So yeah. they're going to ride him for now, and then uh, I think we'll see a lot more of number 33 coming up here. Yeah, and uh, that'll be a big question because he really – you know, needs to kind of show what he had kind of in, in a big chunk of the season last year because they're going to need him down the stretch to get into the playoffs and do something in the playoffs because you can't play Markstrom all the time. And everybody knows how, how great Markstrom's been. He's the M- team MVP so far. Uh, Michael Backen looks to return. Uh, that's, you know, the way the tea leaves looked at practice, and he'll be on a line with Lucic and Dubé. And that means uh, Dominic Simone will play with Monaghan and Goudreau, and that puts uh, Bennett, Sam Bennett, down to the fourth line. So I don't know if that's a surprise to everybody, maybe a little bit, a uh, bit of a head-scratcher uh, for, for Sam Bennett. But, uh, boy, we've, we haven't talked about him enough. But he will be on huh. the fourth line uh, providing energy. And, uh, you know, that's to start the game. I guess, they can, you know, there's no rules. They have to uh, stick with the same lines. That might change. Uh, Valimaki, Gio, uh, Hannafin, and Tanev, and uh, Nestroff back in as uh, Connor Mackey will sit and he'll play with uh, Anderson. So that is uh, the way it's looking. And we'll get probably some more stuff when it comes to the uh, Canucks later on uh, this afternoon. Is uh, Yeah, it's there's no mysteries when you play a team four times in a row. We do know that uh, Brayden Holpe will get the start okay. for the Canucks tonight. So, so it won't Holpe be will Demko. Go. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. And then uh, we get ready for back-to-back uh, Friday, Saturday, as the Flames will host Edmonton and then play in Edmonton. Um, that will be interesting to see. We haven't... Uh, only seen the Oilers once so far this year. Well, that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what the happens. The only back-to-back about. between these two teams, too. Like yeah. This, so. And we'll uh, tonight, uh, Connor McDavid tries to tie Sidney Crosby's record mm-hmm. to, for points. That's that's kind of a, a side story as you watch the North Division. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting times as uh, then that trip out east for the Flames. Uh, some early starts next week. We'll keep you posted on, on how that's going on. If you are uh, not familiar with the uh, with the schedule, we like those early starts. It's good. Everybody in the morning show gets to watch the games. Pat gets to go home at a decent time. Everything's golden. We love the Eastern time zone here at Sportsnet 960, the fan. I also got to remember on uh, Mondays, usually, and Fridays, we have our, our special Flames Roundup highlight pack, and it goes out. People get to see it on, on their phones and their tablets. Twitter, Facebook, and on our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Basically, kind of a, a quick synopsis of the Flames uh, a few games uh, with some cool radio highlights from Derek and Lou and Pat hosted. It's all brought to you by Brightside by ATB, a new banking app to help you spend and save for what you love. And that's coming out on Friday and Monday right here on Sportsnet Night, our social media channels, as it were. What does Will Null have for us in in store coming up for hour one of the big show? It's a busy one. Uh, Ian McMillan from Odd Shark going to join him uh, off the top there, get you set for a busy night in the NHL, plus uh, baseball right around the corner there, the spring training with uh, catchers and uh, pitchers and catchers uh, reporting today, so we'll do that. Also, uh, a local legend in the wrestling scene going to be joining Will 
Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart going to join the program just after 125 this afternoon. A uh, special cause that he's involved with, no surprise. Uh, he's always out and about in the community. We'll check in with uh, one of the local legends here. Yeah, Men's Health Day, and he'll talk all about, uh, you know, COVID is, is one of those things. Obviously, it's huge, it's massive, but uh, there are still a lot of other things we have to look out for. And uh, he is so passionate about it and will uh, love to hear from the Hitman. He's got some good stories. Haven't had him on the radio for a while, so look forward to that. Uh, that's coming up. Steinberg joined at 2. Uh, Flames warm up at 7. It's a busy day here on Sportsnet 960.